Hello, everybody, and welcome to... <coughs> I'm talking here! I wasn't prepared. Sorry about that. The cough gave it extra drama. I know. I know, it did. But I looked at my water bowl and realised I didn't <laughs> have time to drink, so I had to go for a cough. Do so you want to give it another that. go? Okay, go on then. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... I'm talking here! No, actually, the first one was better. Okay, good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, um, welcome to this week's podcast... Very different from what we usually do. It's going to be a little shorter than our previous podcasts. For some of you, that might be preferable. But um, this week's podcast is purely going to be about the cinematic, groundbreaking TV series uh, that was... We talk about it in a past tense now, Rob. We talk about it in a past tense um, regarding uh, Game of Thrones. And we're probably going to try and talk about... We're going to mainly talk about this very final season, season eight. Um, the highs, the lows, the the things that worked, the things that didn't work. Um, we'll look into as much as we can. And then we're then going to look back over, in a nice nostalgic way, look back over what we feel have been the best moments of... Regardless of how you feel about Game of Thrones now that it's in its completion, you know, you have to respect the fact that it is one of the most sort of sort of biggest of sort of spectacles within within television history. Mm-hmm. Um, I will admit that. Okay. <laughs> I think you're going to find out which way this podcast is going to go very, very quickly. So... The first thing that we're going to do is obviously say this is going to be massively spoiler-filled. If you've not been watching Game of Thrones um, and you are thinking about getting into it, do not listen to this podcast just yet. Go away, binge watch Game of Thrones, uh, and then come back to us, and and then you'll be able to sort of enjoy the discussion much more without feeling not because we're not going to go into sort of great nitty-gritty things about sort of you know huge backgrounds of people. Uh, of characters involved in the in the TV series, um, we're we're gonna try and stick to a little bit of the surface here or there, um, and shall we just see where we go? We'll see where we go from right. There. So first of all, let's just say that season eight has been incredibly polarizing. Yes. Where are you when it comes to season eight? What's your feelings about it? Ultimately, I'm satisfied by it, and the reason. Oh my goodness! And the reason, <laughs> and the reason being, the reason being is because I think that you've got to look at certain moments over Game of Thrones and realize that actually, it's never Game of Thrones has never been about guiding you in a direction where you think it's going to go. And it's never been about paying any sort of fan lip service either. Yeah, yeah. It's, it hasn't. And when people have so much emotional and time investment into something like this, not everybody is going to be satisfied by the the ending. Um, I really enjoyed the last episode. I really liked the way that Arya and Sansa kind of completed their stories, but then effectively started new ones. And it's always been about how Stark. I I like the fact that John went off to kind of go back and be part of the watch. I like the I like the fact that actually rather than doing everything like they did before in terms of picking, you know, someone just because they're sort of rightful heir to the throne, actually that's not breaking the will. Putting Brandon in place. <laughs> it's not even Brandon. Is breaking it's not even the will. Brandon. He's he's sad throughout. 
Right. First of all, before I launch into this, go on. Then. I yes, what I love about Game of Thrones is it always subverted expectations. Yeah. And that was something that I wanted this season to do. And I think any time it tries to do that, it, it stumbled and fell. By all means, I feel like this was the ending they always had pegged. Daenerys goes that way, and Starks end up pretty much ruling completely. However, there wasn't any satisfaction for that because actually the characters that are left, Sansa's probably the most successful, but I don't feel like they're the characters I've been on the journey with. I don't mind that John, you know, is set upon this whole hero's journey and doesn't end up where you'd expect a hero to end. Mm. Fantastic, brilliant, yeah, do that. However, I felt it, it just stumbled to get him there. I, I didn't buy his love for Daenerys. And that's yeah. my big issue for it. Of, of, I mean, this is just going to be complete spoilers. John killing Daenerys mm. should have been a moment that was devastating. And I couldn't care less. But do you think that is because of how rushed the two last two well, series not, have been? Not it's even, not been fleshed out the same way as, say, Rob Stark was fleshed out. It, or... it, this is one that a lot of people are saying in terms of, oh, they've rushed it, they didn't have the time to do it. But I still don't... I still think they could have done stuff in that time frame, which would be much more effective. Mm-hmm. If you take Daenerys and um, murdering just all the peasants within King's Landing... Yeah. I... I know they wanted to push that, oh, she's mad. I found that a cheap narrative plot device. Mm. She was up against Cersei, and that was the person she wanted to get to. So why not have it where she's going to the Red Keep to destroy Cersei? Cersei's not there. So instead, she is burning everyone to find Cersei. She's lost sight of what she would have to go to. Mm. And I'd say that there was things along the line of, of hinting at this side of Daenerys and this coming through that I wasn't shocked by it. I just felt there could have been more care and attention. Jamie is another example. Mm. He's He has done awful things. He pointed out, yes, brilliant. But actually, he's had some form of redemption. Mm. So instead of just him going back to Cersei to be with Cersei, I truly believe there was something there. He loves Cersei. Yeah, so it might be more, Cersei's like me. I can save her. I, I can do this sort of it. And there just wasn't an element to that. So I think that's what... I lost in terms of Game of Thrones that it neither satisfied on a character level or a mythology level. So I haven't even got into the the Night King or anything like that. Um, and I was so pumped for this season, so ready, so excited that I, I was willing myself to engage more with it. And I just couldn't. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> so... I think it's a case of you have to look at the journey that Daenerys had gone through right up until that point where she decided to burn down King's Landing and look Mm -hmm. at what, effectively, what Westeros actually... That was going to give her this place that was kind of hers, her own, and like this, this rightful place. And during that time in Westeros, she loses almost everything that is mm-hmm. that is meaningful to her you know she loses Jorah you know she loses Masanday um she loses the the kind of the the relationship that she has with with Jon Snow um she she loses her two of her dragons mm-hmm. um you know and i think at that moment just before she decides to start sacking King's Landing actually this King's Landing is always going to be emblematic of that loss to her. So maybe in her way, she's thinking, 
let's burn this place to the ground and start again. But it's like you're saying that. Like, a phoenix from the ashes. We so have to do the, the, the legwork for it almost. We have to Great. provide these sort of blanks. And there was many an opportunity for Daenerys to express this. There's amazing... Like Game of Thrones used to have amazing dialogue when, mm. it, when it started. Like Tyrion listening to him speak and do all this stuff was amazing, and there was many opportunities for Daenerys to do it. But I think I just didn't like the relationship between Jon and Daenerys, and I felt like whenever they were talking through, they were being forced through into we know these two need to be together. Yeah. So they stopped listening to these characters <coughs> because they knew they had these plot points to get mm. to, and it was like, well, we'll we'll just push them towards that point. Rather than these, I just fundamentally feel these characters would react in different ways than, than they were. And I think that's been the absence for it. I think as well, this, this season as a whole felt, you kind of got this from last season as well, of very empty world, where the Game of Thrones always did a good job of stuff having consequence. Like if you do something, it affects things. But um, Cersei blew up the, uh, the high set yeah and killed the faith of the seven but yeah that's a big faith that's throughout westeros but then it's just gone it's fine you can just blow it up and there's no ramifications coming through with ideas like that within it just it, i feel this sort of absence for it i love that moment i know i love the blowing up of oh, the i'm not saying i didn't love that moment and it's like i said before this finale could work definitely i can i could see me being very satisfied with it and I've, I've read all the books as well, so I've got that underneath it as well. And I could see, you know, things like this panning out when it comes through the books. And I suppose it, then it is that care and attention to make it feel more organic and more natural moving mm. across rather than being pushed and forced into this finale, which is, is my sort of gripe. Yes, I, and I, but I would say that that's a joint agreement mm. that actually I wish this had been a 10 episode series because rather than it being six and you know a handful of them being sort of 70 75 minutes long yeah because actually what what was great about those previous series is that 10 episodes an hour each it had a Ashley my wife sort of mentioned this and said that it it didn't have a, a rhythm a pace yeah. a, a rhythm to it like it had done in previous years and I totally agree with that and I think that there was there was an element where they probably feel like they had to get to a place where they were kind of wrapping this up whilst yeah. Game of Thrones was absolutely at its utmost, at its peak. Yeah. HBO did a very similar thing with The Sopranos as well. Yeah. They they stopped The Sopranos right when it was at that moment where it was absolutely at its peak. Breaking Bad, you know, AMC did exactly the same with Breaking Bad, but you could argue that Breaking Bad had a more satisfying finale to I'd, it. I'd, when it comes to TV shows, I really think the five seasons often seems like the best anything that goes beyond sort of five seasons seems to to lose lose steam but i don't think you would have but that's the other thing as well game of thrones if you had ended game of thrones after five series mm -hmm. that would have been the death of Jon snow at the end yes. of series five yes so Jon snow being killed there and then imagine no, if no, game no, of right. thrones no longer happened after I'm, that i'm not I'm not saying in terms of you stop it at that same that yeah. same point there. I just yeah. think there is a trend in terms of a lot of TV series. Okay. Um, when you get Breaking Bad is a prime example of five se uh, seasons. And you've still got that hype going on. You then start to get a bit fatigued when mm. it goes through into, into later seasons. Yeah, I mean, look at Walking Dead. Oh, that's God, a clear example. Like that's, that's a prime example <laughs> oh of that, isn't it, in terms Which of fatigue. Completely drags its feet. My whole thing with the, the 10 episodes... Oh, that's, that's an awful pun. Thank that's you very horrendous. much. Um, uh, is that 
unfortunately in the second episode of this season I felt like I was too much waiting and I feel like there wasn't the the sustenance or enough within to actually make it exciting or make it intriguing Mm. as well with this season there was there there was none of that there was nothing that surprised me so in terms of like you're saying subverting expectations with where people end up I I didn't have that moment I suppose Bran ultimately being uh, the king I think Arya killing the Night King was hugely surprising I was not expecting that at all but not not in the same way of Game of Thrones used to do its surprises where it would still have some sort of narrative sense yeah. towards it yeah um, like Arya killing the Night's King is is a fundamental issue I don't mind her killing the Night's King but I don't get <laughs> one how she got past the White Walkers because they were all there and um, and it just seemed to come out of nowhere. She took all this assassin training, which would then feed into doing this. Mm-hmm. But then you look in terms of the the entire plan for that episode. Why on earth would they send in people to fight uh, against when they know the Night King can bring people back from the dead? And they speculate that just killing the Night King will solve the problem. And Bran knows that the Night King's coming for him. Mm. I guess the explanation is the whole brand of it's all determined and nothing really matters, which is why you can go and fly off as a bird for the entire fight. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's just all those moments there. Like that, that could be brilliant if then it's it, it's drawn back and Arya, you know, did these moments here to mm. lead to that. You don't need to show beforehand what she did to be able to do that, but it still then just reeks of we chose Arya because she's a surprising one. We wanted to throw something out there. We wanted something to surprise, and um, and just doesn't feel so do like you feel, Game do of Thrones you, back in the day. So are you are you saying that there's elements of this final series of Game of Thrones where it has been it is aimed to surprise for surprising's yes. sake? Yes, definitely. Okay, because I'd say like, and this is my big one in terms of it subverting expectations again. Yeah, John would be your clear person to fight the Night King. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I kind of like that he didn't. However, you've had many seasons sort of hyping this up, and season four kind of did a good job of sort of paying things off. Yeah. I think season six did as well, kind of paid these sort of things off. Yeah, because you've got to have hard, a balance. The episode called Hard Home as well. Yeah, hard that home. that you know where where the Night King kind of does this you know, yes. come at me moment. So, you know when he raises everyone at you know in Wildlands uh, and Karen. It's just these little things there. So he was face to face with the Night King. Yeah, like there was nothing stopping them having a, having a nice sword fight. What well, a nice sword fight! But <laughs> having a sword fight there, sword and then fight. the Night King rises all the dead, and John can't get to him. You mm. can still then carry on the story, but I mean, I'm one for sword fights and stuff, which is why I think I struggle with that episode. Um, because it was just waves and waves of just killing things for the sake yeah. of killing things. Yeah. And in fairness, I thought my TV was turned off for the entirety of it with how dark it was. Um, but it's, it's these sort of little things that I think it was missing. It's it's in terms of balances of really shockers. Like there's the Mountain of the Viper fight. But forget to pass Amazing. Moments. Yes. Yeah. Because you didn't know which way this would go with it. Yeah. But then you've still got the consequences... It was really interesting to think, well, what what happens now? Like Tyrion's on trial, what what will happen? What will be the, the things there? So that's when it was good. Mm. Like Ned Stark being beheaded. It's good because it all of a sudden you're like, Well what happens here? <clears throat> so yeah, that's uh that's my view. It's a very strong view. Yes. Yeah. I I think by and large, what we can say is is that you were crushingly disappointed by it. I did well no, do you know what it was? I didn't 
I didn't care enough to be crushingly disappointed by Oh, that's it. even worse. Which is, so at least I was grateful for that. No, and when, when Tyrion announced it to be Bran, I did turn to Sam and, and just say, are they trolling the fan base? Like, because it's, it's, it's Bran. I think because we don't really know what even it is. I feel like there's not enough... There's two things you need to do. It's mythology and character. And I don't think it succeeded on each one. However, being a lover of Lost, I know it's more about the journey on the way. So it's nice to then look back at all the amazing moments that we did get, even if it didn't all pan it's out. It's funny how you should say that, because that's exactly what I said to Ashley. I mm-hmm. said, you've got to remember that it's it's episodic. Yes. And there are there were countless amazing moments throughout yeah. Game of Thrones as a series that you've got to appreciate and be like yeah I'd never seen anything like that before mm. I never expected to feel this emotionally invested in these particular people I never you know and, and I think people are saying things like oh I wasted nine years of my life for this and yes, that sort of stuff it's, it's like no well, if, if that right if that's what you're, if if that's what you're saying, you're wasting, you've wasted your life over. There are so many more important things on this planet to to invest your time in. Don't don't get overly concerned about the machinations of fictional characters. Mm. I think I think it's a it's a foolish thing to be like, oh, that ending just ruined the entire series. Yeah. And I think it's definitely. I've not. I've not watched an episode like some of the episodes of Game of Thrones where my heart has been pounding so hard yeah. because you've got that uncertainty that they built up in the show. Yeah. It's a real shame that I didn't keep that throughout and I'm a bit gutted for that, but I am very happy for the experiences that went along the way because it's not the destination. Ultimately, yeah. that could be great and that would you know elevate it. Like Breaking Bad is a prime example of just encapsulating it all and it's a yeah. shame that didn't happen. But I think when it comes to even fantasy or or sci-fi with a whole host of characters, it's an incredibly hard thing to do to wrap it all up. Yeah. One thing I will say is, I did say before this season, as long as Clegane Ball happens, I'm happy. (laughs) And Clegane Ball did happen, so I have to be grateful (laughs) for that. It was amazing. Like, the Hound... Um, in terms of all the characters yeah. this would be a good one to do I think the Hound is my favourite and he has a brilliant character arc to mm. to die in fire while getting this revenge um, I think was was brilliant I know he had slightly changed um, from his his fake death mm. but I was just very happy for, for the Hound to, to, to have that at least to go back to what you were saying about Daenerys and Jon and mm. Jon killing Daenerys yeah it, it's funny you should say that because when I look back over Game of Thrones, the the death of Ygritte mm-hmm. in in the mm-hmm. episode The Watchers of the Wall, um, or The Watchers on the Wall, that that moment where John has Ygritte in his arms and that 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 whole well on the floor that whole that did feel like it had more emotional gravitas yes. than what. John killing Daenerys did mm-hmm. and I think that is strange but I think that is largely because the the relationship between John and Daenerys over the course of the last two series of Game of Thrones has been soft boiled mm-hmm. it's not it's not had it not like with, like when you think of like Cersei and Jaime mm-hmm. that relationship has been from bang straight from the very first episode but also at the same time the relationship between John and Ygritte actually spent less time Screen did, time than did, what John but, and Daenerys did. I think because that's my. I think that's what goes back in terms of their relationship. There, it's mm. Ygritte that I have with John, and it's Dario Naharis that I have with uh, Daenerys. Yeah, like so. I 
even when they introduce this whole love angle and then you you confirm that they're they're related mm. and so any scenes beyond it's like oh i don't i don't really like this and then they know as well and i know it's in targaryen family like that's kind of what they do and it's a world where there are dragons and giants yes. and yes. and witchcraft and all that sort of thing so but just to push so much in terms of john's undying love for daenerys i think john to me is is his more is the honorable side of yeah. of more being like i've pledged myself to do this and this that that's what he's losing like his his honor to be to end up as a is his queen slayer and that's that, that's that's the real tragedy behind and i don't yeah. mind that at all it's just that i feel like the angles that went into these decisions were were the wrong way yeah and there's just lots of little bits to tweak yeah and it, it just feels like they didn't care enough about how, it. how did you feel about the moment when Drogo incinerates the Iron Throne because my my thought was this and I said this to Ashley I said if he is if as a dragon if he if he knows the 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 political and cultural <laughs> importance of a throne enough yeah. to target fire towards yes. it and burn it down how would he not know that John killed Daenerys why did he not kill John why did well, he yeah, not bite his qu- face off it is questions like that and then why did mm. John presumably tell them that he, you know oh I killed Daenerys mm. and then as well I'd say why did Grey Worm because perhaps even even let him live because you've got the Unsullied and the Dothraki yeah. and someone's just killed their queen who they've yeah. been following throughout I do not buy that John would survive all through that yeah. and that Grey Worm would wait until the council arrives and all this stuff and then yeah. they would be like we need to send to the wall forever when then Grey Worm just goes off on a ship anyway so do you think John should have died do you think John should have been killed yeah, I, by I would Grey Worm? Much, I was example, ready for Grey Worm to, to be come stood in, in the back and just chuck a spear at it yeah. or something. Yeah. Like a moment like that yeah. that would be such a better end for, for John. What about them dying together, Romeo and Juliet yeah. style? Yeah. So just just something like that. Because then that would be I don't know, there was just there was so many moments where in my head I was like, Oh, that could be better. Mm. And I'm not saying like I don't write anything. I'm not no. an amazing writer, but no. and I never wanted Game of Thrones to give the audience everything they wanted to to, to have. Like I love the fact it didn't do that. Mm. I just I just find there's too many missed opportunities. You know. Mm. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. So there were six episodes in this series. Yes. Let's rank them. Okay. Okay. Let's go from bottom. Okay. To to top. Yeah. Okay. So for you. What was the episode you enjoyed the least in this series? I would say Winterfell, the first one. Why is that? I think it, it, it was a lot of hype for Game of Thrones to be back. I was very excited to be back on the screen. And I, I'm struggling to remember what even happened in that first one. I remember mm-hmm. watching it thinking... Oh, I think the main right. thing that people remember is that is the episode where... where Aria began flirting. Oh yeah, yeah. The awkward yeah. Uh, sort of muscle flexing flirting that Arya was doing with Garrus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm. there was there were character what moments and, and, and oh no, actually, because I'm thinking of Jamie and Brienne, but that was in the second episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I re- I'm really struggling to think. It, it um, felt it started that feel of right, we're waiting, we're waiting for this to happen. Yeah. And there was there was nothing really exciting or meaty within the episode. Um, it, it kind of felt a bit. 
Theon rescued his sister. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Yara got got rescued. Yeah. And took back the Iron Islands. But ultimately pointless, all of that. But hey ho. Um, Okay. Um, (laughs) There, Cersei and Euron developing their relationship more. I mean, at least she didn't just stare out a window. I mean, that was that was something good for for Cersei. Okay. Um, That was. That's mainly. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, I can sit right. Actually, what have you got as your bottom one? Number four, episode four, um, the, uh, and I think the reason being is because I I don't know I. So the last of the Starks or a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. It was that's the one. No, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Oh yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, um, episode four. That's the the beheading of Missandei was episode four. Right. Um, yeah, I I I, f- I felt like it. I don't know. It 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 didn't. It, it was a frustrating episode. It was good. It was mm-hmm. very good, but there were moments of it that felt a little frustrating. I I didn't like. I I think what it was again. I I did want Grey Worm and Miss Sunday to go sailing off into the sunset together and find their little paradise because I mm-hmm. felt like they had kind of deserved it. Yeah. But then again, it's Game of Thrones, so perhaps I just need to shut my mouth. Well, I'd say in that episode, um, I always forget which dragon got killed. Sauron, maybe. Yeah. Um, that would that was a moment when that happened where I was like, yeah, great, something's actually happened. Yeah, a dragon. But then it, it then bodes into ridiculousness as to with Daenerys. Yeah. Not, apparently, she forgot was the uh, was the explanation behind how that dragon got so easily killed. She forgot there was a fleet, so she just was. Well, yeah, but on. she she also didn't know that they had massive crossbows. No, which was a better one. So she got um, caught by but surprise. But then, but then I think that then it undermined it on the next episode where she could just take the dragon around and all these crossbows didn't really matter. But anyway, this is sort of knit and gritty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from. But yeah. Yeah. I'd, 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 perhaps, I'd, sh- perhaps really what should have happened mm-hmm. is all the dragons were killed mm-hmm. and ultimately you had Daenerys versus Cersei yeah. doing some sort of like grappling with each other well, I don't even yeah I, I and then think both I, of them I, fall I, out of a window at the same time as the Cleganes and then Jon takes the yeah. throne I think <laughs> yes but have that dragon land and have even dialogue between Daenerys on top of this dragon and Cersei there, and have Cersei being defiant yeah. and feeling like feeling I can take on a dragon. This doesn't matter because that's the Cersei that we love. To but hate. no, but you did you did see that you saw Daenerys did, and Cersei in episode four. I guess you didn't, didn't you? get that sort of those those amazing dialogue yeah. moments yeah. That, that would be really satisfying and really fun to write. I feel like to have yeah, those that's two, true. That was always the thing with Game of Thrones. All these characters Cersei started was off. always so witty and spiky uh-huh. with her and, you know, always holding a cup of red wine. Well, the, the, the characters started off so far away. One of the lovely things of Game of Thrones is when these characters started to meet. Yeah. Like when Jon Snow first met Daenerys. Yeah. With uh, Davos Seaworth um, yeah. saying all this stuff. And Tyrion. Yeah. When he first met Daenerys. Like, yeah. Th- those were events in, it, in itself because yeah. it was like, oh, how are these characters going to interact? It's just a shame we didn't get to, to see that with Cersei. Maybe a better way to do it is to so go through the episodes and where we've ranked them. Okay. So Winterfell, where did you rank that in the first episode? Uh, fifth. Fifth, okay. So yeah. that's that's pretty similar. Yeah. So I put uh, Knight of Sen- Seven Kingdoms uh, third. A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. This is the one where Brienne gets knighted. Oh yeah, sorry. So I've got the wrong one. <laughs> Which is the Dragon Death one? I'm getting confused. The Dragon... Uh, number f- that's number four. That's the one you said. I put that yeah. t- two. 
You put that second? Yeah, just because okay. of that moment, I actually was like, yes. And then what, Sandra the... getting beheaded, I was like, yes, this is more like a... Game like, on, I, d- so I didn't really speak. want the sort of... Uh, probably unpopular opinion, but Melisande and, and Grey Worm to have sort of... Re- I was sick of the romance and all stuff like that. I was glad to But I, I liked their romance more than John and Daenerys's. Oh, yes. It felt no. more true. It oh, yeah. felt more... Not pure, pure. Yeah, it did feel more pure. It I, felt more. I, I would. Yeah. I would agree. It's done much better. But I was all for Thrones for, um, sort of like when Jon Snow got killed and you were like, <gasps> like it, it, it ripped your heart out. Yeah. I, I wanted those moments. Okay. And that's why I like that one. Um, I ranked so my fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, sorry. My fi- my fifth. <laughs> right. So my yeah. So my fifth episode was episode one. Right, ranked fourth, episode five. The Bells. Yes. I put that number one. Did you? Mm. Wow. Okay, so you 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 go away from the whole thing of it being a very frustrating episode. Do you know? Do you know what it is with that episode? Is and I'd say this with Game of Thrones as well. The production value yeah. of the show is amazing. Yeah. And I just enjoyed that because at that point, episode five, I wasn't expecting much at all. The characters already starting doing stuff which I didn't feel like was true with the characters that I just enjoyed the spectacle. And even though there's frustrating moments in terms of what, what people are doing, I didn't care enough for that to affect how so I just enjoyed, back the and enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed yeah, just looking at it all, it's dragon, yeah. like taking stuff out, and some of the filming like Aria when she's running through the streets yeah. and, and all the things like that, the standoff yeah. with Jon Snow's against the um the the Crimson Garden and throwing down um, not the Crimson God, that's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah. Um, but all these moments, I think I, I really enjoyed because I like the spectacle, um, and that for me would have been the strongest episode out of a very weak season. Right. Mm. Okay. Uh, rank third. Uh-huh. I put in episode six. I put that fourth. Okay, so that's fairly close yeah. then. So we've both. Neither of us have been like wholly wholly satisfied by the finale of Game of Thrones but it's it's not the worst episode of the series no no okay second I put episode two The Last of the Starks mm. and I The Seven Kingdoms that's the one uh, there you go <laughs> so those that, two I keep getting mixed up when Bri- Brienne, of, Brienne of Tarth being knighted and, and the whole stuff to do with everything that they got involved with um, their, their little conversations and things in in the in the in the main sort of chamber in front of the fireplace, I, mean, I loved all of that. Could have I been, loved all of that. I think because you knew the the long night was coming and that battle was there, I kind yeah. of wanted to. And because the first episode, I was like, "Come on, you get to it." That episode, it had an element of I was kind of waiting with them. Yeah. However, Tormund is amazing, and some of his dialogue and interactions that, in that episode was brilliant. The, the story about how we got the name Giant's Bane was mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. I, yeah it was brilliant but I, would, I, I, I think if they'd interjected that we'll get to the long night in a second surely with a, if they'd interjected with a nostalgic that, montage no but maybe inter- <laughs> <laughs> of, of him suckling on the teeth of a giant right no but I don't, I don't know whether you could have had those moments in the long night so you could have had that battle I'll, I'll get Mm. Second, but have that battle longer and because you did have various different beats in that episode you know if Tormund got uh, trapped with Brienne mm. you can have a bit of dialogue to punch through um, all the combat that, that 
Because was the last one. But that being my Long second, way. and that and that being your third, mm. still, still, yeah. it's it's fairly close, right? So, so my, is your first the Long Night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Why? Because I watched it on a decent television. <laughs> <laughs> because I was lucky enough that when I watched it, the um, obviously. For a lot of people, the complaint was obviously the compression of it and the pixelation of it just didn't work for them, and mm. so they weren't able to see things properly. I saw it all, and I thought the cinematography of it was incredible. And that moment, I will never forget that moment when the Dothraki go into trying to fight the White Walkers and with their with their flamed weapons and going in and 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 then just gradually seeing that fire pitter out was just a brilliant moment of dread of this idea of oh my god even the mighty Dothraki have been largely taken out by the White Walkers um, I'd say it was an effective I put it fifth it was yeah. an effective way to start it um, I thought it was brilliant I just my issue with it is ultimately at the end it felt a bit pointless um, all the stuff that had, that had happened could have just been wiped out mm. easily um, and I think I'm just there was no sword fight or just nothing. I like the library scene, I suppose. I then that, yeah, that's a but it, scene. it didn't. It seemed like everything was there was an onslaught, and then all of a sudden, Arya was just in the library, being able to creep around. Like I found that very, very weird. Like I said, I found it very confusing to actually watch it through. If I'd watched it on a better telly, it might have been a bit different. But <laughs> I was, I was just being uh, no, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. But there, there was. I felt it, w- it was a lot of it just droves and droves of, of killing things and just going through. And yeah, through. you could... But there were some... I think what it was is that there was... You you did think... I think when, when the Night King was stood over the top of Brandon, I, I did genuinely think at that point, oh, this is it, Night King's won, because there's been so many moments in Game of Thrones... Where the bad guy is one, yeah. Walder Frey, yeah. for example, and the Lannisters in general. Yeah. Um, but then, okay, I'll come back to the Lannisters in a moment. But the, yeah, the the that that episode for me, there has not been much of a bigger fist pump in the air moment as when Arya knives the Night King in the in the chest, and I, I for me, it just the whole episode just worked a treat for me. You know, um, See, Melisandre going out into the into the wilds at the end, ripping a necklace off, and then just sort of sacrificing herself. Um, the you know, I, I did. I loved. I loved all of that. I, I think there were some. I think Theon having a very worthy sort of death. Yeah, you as had well. that interlaced with Jorah having, re- having redemption. I, I think it was very confusing to to feel something for these losing these characters when it mm. when it happened so much. And like I've said, mm. I would much prefer the Night King to have won. And then you have you know Winterfall, and then they're all going down to King's Landing because yeah. there was no ramifications for Cersei's decision either. And I I think maybe I did myself a disservice because I I thought there was more to the Lord of Light and as or as I and all of that sort of thing, and and that I really had it that Winter the Prince that was Prince that was promised yeah. and all that sort of stuff, which Davos Seaworth was like, oh that was weird, wasn't it? Anyway, let's carry on with the show. Um, so you'd have them coming down to King's Landing. She, uh, Cersei would have the Golden Company, so you've got them on one side, and then you've got just that's your epic thing. You've got the knights 
Knights came mm. coming down on the other side, and you've just got this whole massive spectacle all in one. The issue is there mm. is that effectively what you then create is Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> potentially. And they don't have the production value for that. No. Um, and I think the thing is as well is that you, yeah. But I think d- despite all that, my my big gripe is the the White Walkers started the whole. The first scene was all about them and the fact that we're coming. And this might be something they're holding off for a spin-off or the prequel or anything they're doing. But ultimately, it, there's no purpose behind them. Like, I wanted the Night King to be better. Like, he's done nothing. He's just... He's just he's just there. He's sort of... A, you want a good villain. But it's remember... But Tyrion sort of <laughs> leans into this in the final episode where he talks about the stories that we tell. And, and Bran this, has the best. And the, but this i this idea that about 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 legends and myths and things like that, and how folk tales uh-huh. ultimately are very good at making certain people, certain characters, certain scenarios be more romantic mm. um, than what they actually are, mm. and. The whole of Game of Thrones has always been about false prophecies, false devils. You know, the Night King ultimately was a false devil. Daenerys, in the end, actually was probably more more representative of devilish attitude than what the Night King was. But we don't really know that because because just there, but just ultimately yeah but because she 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 really truly believed in what she was doing was the right thing and so yeah. does the devil but I and incarnations I just, of that sort of demonic behaviour I, I think it's it's the whole thing of when you have that excitement that something's leading up to something and you know mm-hmm. hard home really yeah phenomenal yeah. did this yeah and you you know hard home you have you you're surprised where sword yeah. used that John uses his Valerian seal sword yeah. and kills one of them. And yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, that, that changes the game slightly. There's, yeah. there's something new. There's something interesting. Yeah. And I just I never full forget, on believe. Never forget Samuel Tarly was the first I know, to, I, I, to, kill a, to kill a White Walker in that way. Did he not kill a White? Or did That's he? what I'm saying. He killed a White. Oh, no. Was it yeah, that he didn't know this? Yeah, I didn't know it yeah. was... Yeah, you just was found seal. it in the ground, didn't you? Picked yeah. up and just stabbed. I need to check something there. <laughs> Are you trying to make sure that... I'm, I'm trying to... Okay. I remember seeing when John killed the White Walker and that was something new. That you didn't didn't know you could do that. No, Sam... I know Sam... No, I know yeah. Sam, Sam was all Because that's there. how he saved Gilly. But that was... Oh, okay. Wasn't it? Yeah. I do remember Season the scene. four, maybe? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we'll carry yeah. on with stuff. And it's just, I was full on expecting Bran to have more purpose. Like I always, I always defended sort of Bran's storyline because I really like mythologies. He does have purpose. No, but I, I really like mythologies. He, he is, but I feel like a, there's he's nothing else. He's an encyclopedic. He's an encyclopedic. No, he's so boring. Not he, he's an encyclopedia of all of men's mistakes. So that makes him the he's perfect ex- leader. But he's an encyclopedia. So but he's he not even leading. Like he, he literally came to the table and he's like, "You guys figure this out. I'm going to go and try and walk into a dragon." Yeah. Like so, I don't even know what type of leader he's going to be because, like, democratic. He's, like, he's not even Brandon Stark. He, he's something else. 
Like he's linked to all the weirwood trees and, and how dare orbs. you? How dare you talk about Brandon the Broken? In this way? <laughs> no, That's your king. True. All right. <laughs> they introduced like of Hodor holding the door. They introduced like uh, time travel elements. Oh, no, we need to right. Okay, <laughs> we need to move on. All we right, do we can we can talk on. about this God. for hours and hours and hours. Right. So, regardless of season, regardless of season eight, we can say that Game of Thrones has been a game changer. Yes, it absolutely I, has. I remember watching yeah. Blackwater for the first time? Unbelievable! And thinking because I started watching Game of Thrones after the first two seasons had aired, yeah, and thinking they can do this on TV now. What? So I'm I'm going to be honest. I I didn't get into Game of Thrones until um, season three had finished. Right. So twenty twenty thirteen is when I got yeah. into it. And the reason being the reason is because I remember seeing all of these um, people reacting to the Red Wedding and thinking, yeah. oh my God, Like, if people have got this emotionally invested into it, what must it be like? And that's when I started from the top. Yeah. And, and obviously the... Okay, so give me, for you, your the absolute favourite moments from, from Game of Thrones your absolute favourite moments can I moments moments so, no, just no. moments yeah it can be particular scenes between characters or it can be a fight it can be the first time there's there's loads for me the mm-hmm. absolute loads I have to say one of my absolute favourite moments is the Hound and Arya fighting in the pub uh, yes. and the first time that Arya well when, when Arya um Uses it, which doesn't use it for the first time, but when she, yeah, I think that's the thing yeah. with Arya. I don't really like her that much. Did you know? Oh, I, I always thought she was very well paired with the against hound. much better characters. Yeah. Well, you had um, Tywin Lannister as well. She was yeah. very well. Um, Jack and Agar. Yeah, uh, it's, it did very well in terms of that. But yeah, that pub scene. Well, anything with Arya and the Hound was just dynamite. It was so, awesome. So, actually, quite a few of my favourite moments involve Arya Stark. Actually. Uh-huh. Um, so the moment when she um, chops the candle out when she's in that final battle with, with the wave, um, and then the whole fan theory that came with that, that yes. the idea of actually is Arya actually the wave? Did they do some sort think, of weird face-off thing? I think so. that's the interesting thing with with a show like this where you can play with kind of the rules of what can happen. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's a bit of a dangerous thing to do because then you set yourself with really high expectations yeah. of the stuff. I think that's maybe something I've fallen foul of. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of, I mean, obvious ones, Mountain versus the Viper. Brilliant. Um, just, I remember watching that and just to see that be that brutal outcome. Yeah, um, the head pop. And thinking, yeah. well, what happens to Tyrion now? I mean, season four, I think, out of all of them, is maybe my favourite. Because mm-hmm. you've got uh, Joffrey's death finally yeah. happening in that season which was amazing like that happening. Holy sat- oh like, like just brilliant very uh, You've strangely got satisfying Tyr- yeah. I still remember Tyrion's speech when he's on trial like yeah. just a really good job with that you've got him killing uh, Tywin at on the, the toilet end. Yeah, but I think because I, I think season 5 I didn't enjoy as much because I think a lot of things culminated with season 4 and it's almost like season 5 had to start start things over again yeah but definitely those moments um I don't know where it's from, but I loved there was a cut when um, Samuel Tully was sorting out Jorah's grayscale. 
Oh, and it just cuts to the pie. Oh, it's <laughs> absolutely gross. In my head. It's just what what an amazing cut. That was series <laughs> six, six, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah six. I quite enjoyed season six because you had the Battle of the Barstools as well, which was <laughs> well done. Phenomenal. Well, well, good self-regulation yeah. there. Yeah. And bless Rickon. I thought he had zigzagged. Ah. Uh, had stupid, one, stupid Rickon. Oh, one, one, what a guy. Yeah. Um. Just so many moments. Hold the hold the door like said hold before. The door, with hold the door. Hold the door is just it, that's a that's a that's a heart puller. That's so, just that crushes me every time. Jack Bender directed that episode. Yeah. Who frequented Lost because of how he dealt with time travel and Lost. Right. Because Lost is awesome. Um, <laughs> Battle of the Loot Train, even from last last season. Yeah. Season seven, Battle of the Loot Train was amazing because you had. People on both sides that you didn't want to die, so it just made yeah. it incredibly tense. And you, I was still caring for those characters, yeah, and wanting them to survive, yeah. Um, the Beyond the Wall, yeah, which got a bit fantastical when you could have so few men just killing all all these different. Um, the yeah, so for me, um, the first time you saw one of the giants being taken out, yeah, like in the, again, that's the episode of the Watchers on the Wall. That was brilliant. I loved the the giant being. Fight as well. Even scaling the wall. It's yeah. amazing when you start and, oh, to and, and the giant and the and the anchor that <laughs> scrapes across the wall. Across. Like that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um John and Ygrit uh uh-huh. in the cave having in the cave <laughs> together. The, the lovely cave moment. Again, that's 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 yeah. Um Tyrion and um his former lover. Shay. Shay that he mm. that he has to oh, that he strangles. Again, that's in the same episode as, as well, like, shooting Tywin. I think this is the thing as well. Like you, you look back in the series, you've got these amazing mm. moments there, but it's also the character interactions because Tyrion and Bronn. Yes. Tyrion and Bron, like Bronn kind of just he got lost in the later season, but initially, oh my goodness. The amputation of Jamie Lannister. Yes. Yeah. Oh, by luck. Yeah. Goodness. Um, so yeah, again, the first, Jamie the first, and Brienne. Yeah. The first time, the first time that Jamie and Brienne properly talked to each it's other in the, in the bathhouse, yeah, yeah um, and that moment. Um, See, there's so much to pull out. That's what I'm saying, and I think it's, it's <laughs> let's not let's not get so hung up on the 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 final episode not being to everybody's satisfaction because we have to remember that there were. There are countless, countless, countless moments across these eight seasons mm-hmm. that that some, like some four or five season or you know fifteen season programs would would love to have in their canon mm-hmm. and they don't. And well, what I'd say with it is definitely do watch it. Like even now, I'd recommend people to watch it. Oh, totally. But definitely as a a journey. Like don't, yeah. Don't delve too much in terms of theories and stuff. Just enjoy yeah. the characters while you have those characters, yeah. and enjoy those journeys through because there are so many moments that just subvert your expectations, and then what they do with them. Is I've just thought brilliant. of another one: the well. <laughs> Thing been pushed through the well at um at the 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 um the the moon well the oh the you, moon door yeah the moon door the thank you yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, being booted through. And was it nice to see a grown-up Robin at yes, the end as yeah, well? Yeah, it was as well. Oh, Ed, so refined. Edmund Tully standing up and yeah. giving his whole speech. <laughs> yeah. brilliant. He's brilliant. Sit, sit down, <laughs> Sit down, Uncle. Amazing. Um, if you haven't watched Outlander, he's in no. the first few seasons of Outlander. He's, he's fantastic. He's a really, really good actor. Okay. So, yeah. Right. 
Favourite ever moment from Game Favourite of Thrones? Just moment. single one out, straight off the bat. I maybe I I like to do this. It's maybe the moment where I was like, this show is unreal. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna go the explosion at the Battle of Blackwater Bay. Yes, just because that would that just opens so many doors. Yep. of being like, wow, where are we going with the show? Yeah. Um, but I have I also I forgot to mention the smoke baby. Another song you gave birth to. Yes, that's yeah, oh, oh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, but yes, I think happen. I think I have to go with that explosion just for sheer wow, wow moment. Okay, okay. So I think for me, um, it has to be um, the the death of Catelyn Stark Red in Wedding. the Red Wedding. Mm. That that moment where she just the the scream because she's just kind of killed. She's 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 lost all hope in that scream, and then this, the the fray soldiers just coming up behind her and just sort of slice her throat. That for me was just that was the point where you just go, Game of Thrones is nothing like anything on television. Yeah, there is, and it was at that point where you go, I'm afraid to have any emotional investment in any character, bad or good, because because you you. You worry for their life on an episode yes. by episode basis, and that it was that point. Actually, you could even argue that the death of Ned Stark. Well, it is that set the precedent. Like the, yeah. you got the two death. Death of Ned Stark tells you we will kill off who we want. And Rob Stark. Yeah. Yeah. And then Blackwater Bay uh, says yeah. we will give you a spectacle as well. And yeah. That's the two things that Game of Thrones did so well along yeah. the way. Um, but yeah, Red Wedding. Yeah, so there we go. Fantastic. So we said this was only going to be a half an hour podcast, (laughs) and we've just talked basically fifty minutes about Game of Thrones. So um, yes, we we hope you've enjoyed our conversation regarding Game of Thrones. We really hope you've enjoyed Game of Thrones in general. If you've never watched it, go and watch it. And if you've never watched it and yet you've listened to this podcast, what are you doing? Go and watch it. And then come and listen to us again. And I said there's still hope in terms with the books. I mean, you, you've mentioned mm-hmm. Catelyn Stark, so to see what happens with Lady Stonehill could yes. be incredibly interesting. So yes, indeed. I'm still I'm still excited for for Game of Thrones. But, yes, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. But yeah, are we doing TV show recommendations? No, we're not got time. Um, Leftovers, watch it. There we go. That's fine. A t- another TV show recommendation: yeah. The Good Place. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, thank good you. Good place and leftovers. That's a nice mix, actually, because the leftovers is so depressing. Oh. Whereas uh, Jason will cheer you up in the good place any day. Okay. Awesome. Sign him off. I'm leaving here. Thanks, everybody.